As I was praying about this series, I heard the Lord speak to me and said, tell the people that the barriers are breaking. Tell my people that the barriers are breaking. And um, we're going we're gonna to deal with this from a lot of different angles. If you think you know what I'm going to preach about, you don't know. So we're going to deal with this from a lot of different angles. But God wants us to realize that in every area of our lives, that you being limited, that season of your life is over. It's over. It's finished. Somebody say, that's, that's old news. Right, Isaiah 54, we know this. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with this. I wanted to just start uh, with something that we know, and then we'll delve into the deeper things come Tuesday and next Sunday. But let's start with this. Sing, O Baron. I'm reading from the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 3. Sing, O Baron, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, my God, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. It says lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Listen to this in the Message Bible. To sing, barren woman who has never had a baby, fill the air with song. You who've never experienced childbirth, you're ending up with, with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Everybody say spread out. Think big. Look at that. He says use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Tell somebody our title of our message today, tell them, you will expand. Come on, tell somebody else, you will expand. Find one more person and tell them, you will expand. In our, in, our, in our text, Israel is in Babylonian captivity. Babylonian exile now, and, and captivity meant more than just oppression for Israel. It meant shame for them. It meant disgrace. It was humiliation. These are people who were comfortable in their own land. They're taken captive and brought to a new place and, and told they'll never go back to where they were. But God promises to them not only a release from exile, but a release from their captive, the, the, the captives that have taken them. But he says, I'm also going to release you from the shame of this. I'm going to release you from the, from the disgrace of this. And I'm also going to release you from the humiliation of this. This is something that God is saying to us today because when we go through things and it seems like we should have been much further than we are right now, when we look at it and you have conversations with people and they say, man, that's what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Girl, this is what I've, I've been doing this for the last four years. And here you are just now stepping out into, into it. 
what the enemy's job is to do is to bring unto you shame and disgrace and humiliation watches because you feel you should have been much further than you are but tell somebody I'm right where God wants me to be one of Satan's biggest strategies and tricks that he uses against your life is bringing and using the spirit of limitation the spirit everybody said the spirit of limitation a limit is something that binds a person when you're limited you're bound because, because there is, because you realize that you have a, a bigger capacity than this. If I put you in a, you know, anybody ever seen someone do a magic trick or something, and they put the, and, and the person uh, get, gets in a little tiny box, and you're thinking, how in the world can a human person, uh, the body contort to get them in this little tiny box? Well, in that little tiny box, there's not much room for them to do anything, but just wait. And a lot of us have been limited because what God has allowed us to do is to be in a waiting season. All limitation is not demonic. All limitation, everybody say, all limitation is not demonic. Some limitation is demonic, but sometimes God says, you can't handle much more than this space. You can't handle much more than this. So because you can't handle much more than this, I'm going to leave you here until you get so upset with your surroundings that you break the box. That you break out of this place. That you break out of how your mama did it and now you got to do it a different way. God says for a lot of us, there has to be something, watch this, there has to be a disdain for how things have been. There has to be, a, there has to be something in us that says, this is not it for my life. I'm living in this apartment, I'm living in this place, I'm driving this car, I have this job, but somebody said there's got to be more than this. Has anybody ever been there before? You ever just thought, God, there has to be more than this. God, I'm doing all that I can to please you, but I still feel like I'm trapped. I still feel like I don't have nothing else left. I feel like I'm in a box. Am I by myself in this? You ever been there before? Lord, there's got to be more to my prayer life than this. God, there's got to be more to worship than this. God, there's got to be more to my salvation than this. I feel like I'm, I'm boxed in. Somebody said, God's, God's about to break the box. A limit is something that binds a person. It confines or restrains them. Write this down if you're taking notes. A limit is a hindrance. Limit is a hindrance. It's an obstacle that keeps a person from being who God has ordained them to be. Watch this. An individual's health can be a limitation. Low finances can be a limitation. Marriage may be a limitation. Uh-oh. We'll leave that one there. <laughs> Being in the wrong career could be a limitation. Having a business that you're putting everything into and it's not growing could be a limitation. Watch this. This is how limitation works. When you should be growing and flourishing... Satan always tries his best to stifle the growth of not only you, but your surroundings. It's a horrible thing for you to grow, but stay stuck in the same place. And it's possible. It's possible. Um, they, they say that a shark, if you put a shark in a fish tank, it'll never grow. Because the space and the surrounding 
the mindset of the shark says, I can't get much bigger than this. But if we take the same shark and put that shark in the ocean, that shark will become massive. A lot of us haven't grown the way we should be growing because we have been stuck in the little tank, in your mind, in your thinking. For a lot of us, the reason why we can't grow is because we believe that this is what we're worth. This is all I can get. This is all I can afford. This is all I can pay for. This is all I've ever been told I can ever get. And so our minds have been conditioned to think in a small tank when God says, I have so much more that your eye hasn't seen, that your ear hasn't heard about. I got so much more for you that it hasn't been revealed to the heart of men. But if you can get in prayer long enough, the Holy Ghost can reveal to you this ain't it. The Message Bible says it like this. The Message Bible says it like this. Sing, barren woman, oh God, who has never had a baby. Sing, woman. Sing, barren woman. The one who's, everybody say, never had a baby. Watch this. For some people, longing to be in a more favorable position and seeing better days and, and never getting there seems like a lifetime of limitation. I want to have, have more than this. Isn't it hard to, to, to see somebody else thrive at something that you've been working hard at? Seems like they put, they put no effort into it. Seems like they ain't even trying. And here we are going hard. Seems like we didn't, we didn't grow an inch. And they're bursting out at the seams. If you're taking notes, write this down. Never compare your success to another person's success. You don't know what kind of underhanded demonic deal they had to do to get what you call success. You don't know what kind of packs they had to make. Oh, Lord. Even in the church. Even in the church. Everybody, the Bible says, everybody says, Lord, Lord, isn't entering into the kingdom. You see growth in some people and you be like, That's, that is not God. My Holy Ghost just jumped up on that. That is not God. Every time you see someone else progress in an area that you're laboring in and they put forth no effort does not mean that, watches that your, that your labor is in vain. It just means that God has a process for your growth. Oh, come on. Say God has a process for my growth. And if you only survey what, uh, how other people are growing in an area where you want to grow in and you look at how, how, how fast they're going and how fast they're growing and how much they've gotten and look at their success and then you base yours off of that, it'll lead you to depression. It'll, it'll come on, please say amen. It will lead you to giving up watches on something that God, that God 100% told you to put your hand on. You know how many people have stopped doing what God told them to do because they haven't seen what they call success that looks like success in the natural and so they stop doing what God told them to do watch this, when they're the closest to their breakthrough that they've ever been because they're looking at somebody else doing the same thing with more results. More results doesn't mean that, that, watch this, that, that, that you're not breaking through. Somebody else has more results. That, that don't mean that God don't have his hand on you. 
A lot of times what a lot of us have to do is go back in prayer and ask God, what is it that's stopping my capacity from being able to manage more? What, where am I hindered in my capacity? If God, told me to, if God really told me to do this and his hand is on me, and I'm not seeing the level of success, watch this, that I believe I should see. And right there is where, where most of the problem is. Because God told you to do it. He never told you how fast it was going to grow. He never told you how many clients you were going to have. He just told you to put your hand on it. You want to know what God is doing a lot of times in our early seasons of working and plowing? I've been doing this for 10 years. You're still in the early season. Think about this. You want to know what God is doing? He's not only testing the heart. He's testing your endurance. The race, the Bible says, oh, Lord, help me, is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to he who, come on, say endures. Endures to the end. Most of us, God can't trust us with a bigger capacity because we don't want to endure to the end. So if I'm used to only enduring when I see progress, then what happens is I get my directives from how much I see and not from what I heard. Think about that for a second. A lot of people are, are, are depressed. They're going through in their mind. They're going through because we call success numbers, but God calls success being steadfast and unmovable. I'd rather have three clients in my business that I give the optimal amount of service to and they're constant clients rather than have 500 that I can't contain. Come here, Popeyes. Come on. They, they, got, they, they got the chicken sandwich, but they couldn't contain the blessing, so they're limited in what they can bring in because they weren't ready for the success. A lot of us, God wants you to be ready for, where, for what you purchased, for what you told him you want. Lord, I see myself being a millionaire. So God has to pre, pre, pre. pre. He has to get you ready ahead of time. He's got to deal with you with no money. Lord. He's got to get your heart right with just the $10 you got. He's got to get you on payday not to have a hole in your pocket and spend all your money and then say the devil is a liar. No, the devil ain't a liar. Your hand is the liar. Come on, amen, Bishop, amen. Y'all get what I'm saying? The Message Bible says that, that, watch this, there's a barren woman who has never had a baby but wants one. I want more than this. I've never seen much more than just this amount. Never had a house, but I've gone to people, houses, people, other people who had houses. I've never had one to my name. And if you're not careful... You can make a God out of trying to get. Oh, Lord, I'm talking to somebody here today. You can make a God out of trying to get so much so that you forget the God that helps you to get. That the pursuit is in the getting and not in the relationship with the one who has the power to do anything but fail. The King James Version says it like this, single barren woman who, who, hasn't, who has not born. Write down the word barren. Because if you're going to expand, you have to know how to make it through barrenness. If you're going to expand, you've got to know how to make it through barrenness. 
He's a single barren woman who hasn't born. All right, the word barren means not producing. Incapable of producing in a place. Habitually failing to produce fruit. Consistently unable to produce fruit. Unable to produce, watch this, desired results. Desired results. Unable to produce desired results. Single barren. Seeing the one who ha who, who's not able to reproduce. The one who's in a place but can't bring anything forth. The one who's, who, who, who can't produce fruit. The one who, who's unable to produce desired results. Barrenness in the life of a believer can look like this. It can look like um, an unfruitful or, or, or many unfruitful seasons. I'm doing this, but I don't see anything coming from this. How do you, how do you make it through seasons where you don't see anything come out of it? Write this down if you're taking notes. I need a word from God. Without a word from God, you'll give up very quickly on stuff that you feel is not producing. The thing that keeps me doing what God told me to do is not numbers and money. It is what God said. If you stick with what God said, then God helps to produce the results. You can sleep at night. Come on. Okay, so, so barrenness in the life of a believer can look like uh, 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 being in an unfruitful season. It also can look like a wilderness experience. Barrenness in the life of a believer can look like a wilderness experience. It looks like this season where, you know, the wilderness is, 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 is a place where nothing grows. The wilderness is a dry place. And we're constantly thirsty because our bodies are made of water. Imagine being in a place where you, you, you want to drink but there's no water available. Watch this. What are you willing to substitute to get the water? A lot of people do this. In a wilderness, a lot of people sacrifice what God said to deal with a parched throat. I'll get back to this, but right now, I got to scratch this itch. I'll get back to what God said next month. I'll get back to praying, but right now, my feet want to go dance. Right now, I want to party. Right now, there's somebody waiting for me at the house. I got to do, I got to handle this. And Lord, I know this ain't what you called me to do, but right now, it's a wilderness. Barrenness in the life of a believer can look like this. It can look like a dry season. You're waiting on rain. You're looking at crops. You're like, Lord, please. There ain't even no well over here. I can't even be Isaac. <laughs> That's my Bible study, people. I can't even be Isaac. There's, there's no I, Everything is dry. Everything is dry. Nothing, nothing here has moisture. There's no rain. Everything feels like paper. Everything is crunchy. Barrenness in the life of a believer can look like, watch this, failed dreams and expectations. I'm ex I've been expecting this thing to turn over for me for three years now, and it hasn't happened. Imagine how Abram felt. He waiting on a baby. His wife is, come on, man, what are we doing? And then they come up with the idea, let's, let's do this. 
How about I give you to her? And Abram was like, word, let's go. Y'all quiet. He never, the man of faith never said no thank you. The man of faith was like, word. I mean, if that's going to produce the baby, if that's going to produce the promise, if that's what God is telling you to do. <laughs> I mean, if God is leading you in this way, then so be it. Well, watch this. When you look at, when you, and I, obviously, and I was talking about this the other day, when God starts talking to Abraham, Abram and Abraham, he says, when, after Isaac comes, right, and, and, and Abraham and Isaac are going up to the mountain for, to, to, for to, you know, the whole sacrifice scene, God says to him, get your son, your only son. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jesus. He said, get your only son. God didn't even recognize the one that they substituted. We'll leave that for another day. That, that's, that, God didn't even look at the substitute. God said that one's not even counted in heaven. So anytime that you substitute something for the vision that God gave you and told you to do, God doesn't even add that in heaven as being a part of your arsenal. You can't even use that. that that's not even like this. It doesn't show up on kingdom accounts. He said, your only son. The man had another one that came out of his loins, but he said, I'm not counting that one because that's not the one I promised you. When you're barren, you have to be very careful of, of making something happen because you have high expectations. A lot of times when you have high expectations, we become very ambitious. And we start helping God with the process. But what comes from, from our ambitions, God doesn't count. All right, we'll leave that. Right, barrenness in the life of a believer can look like failure to see breakthrough happen. Failure to see breakthrough. I'm just giving you just, just a couple of, of, of signals of what it looks like. And, and, okay, last one. Barrenness in the life of a believer can look like this. Circumstances that have no apparent answers or ending in sight. No apparent answers or ending in sight. You ever, you ever gone through something and it's not producing anything and you've been praying, God, should I stop doing this? What should I do? What should I stop doing about this? What should I do? And God says nothing to you? Yeah. How do you handle that? How do you handle either sticking with or leaving something that God told you to do but is not producing anything? What do you do? Let me help you. The thing you do is you stick with it until God tells you otherwise. We don't like that because if it ain't producing, I'm on to the next thing. This ain't, this, this, there's nothing happening here, so I'm going to go and do something that I know is going to bring. Peter did that. Peter said, I'm going back to fishing. He catches all the fish. Watch. Jesus comes and says, come here, Peter. He, he comes in, brings the fish, and he's eating with Jesus. Jesus said, do you love me? He said, yeah, feed my sheep. Stop fishing because I never called you to go back to fishing. I called you to be a fisher of men. I told you, save my lambs. Feed them. That's what I called you to do. But Peter was so into himself that after, after he messed up, he figured the only thing left for me to do is go back to what I know. All right. So watch this. Write this out. Write this out. Barrenness is a limitation. Barrenness is a limitation. When you see things that are not, that are not moving and, or you're stuck in a place, 
and, and there's nothing producing, it's barrenness. It's, but it's somebody say it's a limitation. And when barrenness or limitation hits, the taunt and the mocking of the enemy is always close behind. Whenever, when, watch this, whenever you are not seeing growth, the mocking of the enemy is right behind that. Hannah is provoked to anger by her rival and her adversary, Penina, because Penina has children. Hannah has none. And every time the one that has children gets around the one that doesn't have children, she rubs it in her face. You got to be careful of hearing other people's testimonies and getting upset because they have what you don't. I'm happy with you. The Bible says rejoice with them that do rejoice. I'm happy that you got your house. I'm waiting on mine. My day is coming. See, that's when you got to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Somebody say, my day is coming. Come on, say, my time is coming. Watch this. Uh, Isaiah gives us, let, let, let me hurry through here. Isaiah gives us a godly strategy on how to deal with barrenness and limitation. You ready for it? Anybody ready for it? You want to know how to deal with, you want to know how to deal with limitation and barrenness. This is what he says in verse number one. Sing over your barrenness. Sing over your barrenness. Say sing over it. Sing over it. Not, not sing over it like rejoice over it. Sing louder than, than it is trying to talk to you. In other words, don't allow the limitation you are now looking at to have a louder voice than your praise to God. Woo! He says, sing, Baron. Sing, old Baron. In other words, the word sing here means to cry, to cry out loud, to shout for joy, to give a ringing cry. In the Hebrew, it means, watch this, to have joy, and it means a shout of rejoicing, a loud cheer of triumph. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why in the world am I going to sing and be cheerful and rejoice loud and have triumph when I'm not producing nothing? Because his way is not your way. And what God is really trying to do is to get you, watch this, to start producing again. If he's saying to sing when you're barren, then obviously the thing that got you barren was your mouth was closed. Your mouth was closed and that's why you lost stuff. Your mouth has been closed and that's why it seems like nothing's moving. Your prayer has gone silent. Your praise has gone silent. You only praise when he does, but you don't praise him just because. He says, watch this, in the middle of you being barren and not producing, open your mouth again. We just came out of a whole, a whole worship series, but let me come for the praises now. Is there anybody here that recognizes that God is still after a praise out of you? He says, sing in the face of your barrenness. This seems backwards when I'm in a limited place. It seems backward, but go to Psalm 138. Quick, 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 quick. Go to Psalm 138 and let me read because y'all don't have time. He says, I will praise you 
with my whole heart. This is New King James. Psalm 138 verses 1 through 3. Psalm 138, 1 through 3. He says, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, small G-O-D-S, I'll sing praise to you. In other words, when every other God that has been tried, small G-O-D, tries to have an audience with me and tries to get me to choose it or them over you, he says, with my whole heart, watch this, or my whole entire mind, my mind is going to be filled with praises. And in front of every other distraction, in front of everything that tries to pull me outside of your will, watch this, in front of everything that's trying to stop me from breaking out of this, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to tell every other distraction that Jesus is Lord. I'm going to tell every distracting spirit, you ain't got no power over me. I will bless the Lord. Somebody shout at all times. Tell your neighbor, whatever you do, don't stop praising. Hey, if you want to expand, you're going to have to watch this, get back in praise mode. Yeah, a lot of us have been in play mode. A lot of us haven't been in play mode. God said, if you want to come out of this, you're going to need a praise to come out of this. You're going to have to watch it. We're going to have to get back to being a church that praises God morning, noon, and night. On your way to the bathroom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, you better get some pep in your step. Because watch this. Expansion only comes. Somebody shout to praisers. Tell somebody, expansion only comes to praisers. He says, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I'll sing praise to you. Then he says this. That's per- Everybody say, that's personal time. But then he watches, watches. He says, then I'll worship towards your holy temple. Can't get to the building. Can't really get into place. It's 3 a.m., but it doesn't stop my praise. He said, I'm going to turn my body towards where we worship corporately. Imagine imagine if at 3 a.m. everybody got up and turned towards Image Church. And everybody began to praise God. God would hear a corporate cry from different cities. Watch. He says, and I'm going to praise your name. Why? For your loving kindness and your truth. Watch this. I'm barren, but you love me. I'm barren, but you still love me. I'm not producing nothing. And people have walked off on me because they thought by now that that, that my vision should have come to pass. Watch this. They put a timeline on what God told me to do. This is not me putting a timeline on it. I told God, any way you want to bless me. They put a timeline on it. They said you're good at this. They said you got the goods, but it hasn't produced nothing yet. So what do you do? I just... I just got to wait on God, but in the middle of waiting and nothing being produced, watch as people get fickle. Do I have at least two witnesses in the room? People will judge you based off of your vision that has not come to pass yet. People will judge you. Oh, you off. You've been doing this for four years. Imagine how they, imagine what they said about Noah. This guy was preaching the same message for 120 years. This guy's preaching the same message for 120 years. And he's telling them, rain's coming. What's rain? I'm telling you it's coming. It's going to flood. It's going to rain. What's rain? God said, change your ways. What's rain? This is what rain is. It's going to come down out the sky. I'm like, you crazy old man. Right? He's got to preach the same. He has to hold to the same vision for 120 years. We got a hard enough time holding on to the same vision for a year. 120 days. Come out here. Four months of holding on to a vision that God said it hasn't produced yet. 
and you want to give up already? Sometimes people will judge you based on what you told them God told you. That hasn't showed up yet. Somebody say God's forming it. He's working on me to prepare me for it. And that's a part of the process. The process is he has to try me so that I can be ready for it. And the Bible says, and when he has finished trying me, it's already done, but I shall come forth. Ah, yeah, yeah. Somebody say, it's finished, but he's working on me. And people will leave you and call you crazy and say you don't have the goods when, watch this, when they feel you haven't produced what God gave you. When you don't make it happen quick enough, Sometimes it's good for people to leave you because God has to send you a new team. We can just end right there and just dance all the way home. Sometimes people have to leave you because God is trying to send you a whole other plethora of people. Watch this. The people who were with you didn't have the goods to help you carry you into it. This wasn't just your vision, it's our vision. God gave it to me, but I gave it to you. And we have to be workers one of another. But if people can't catch that, then they gotta go. They gotta walk away. And sometimes while you're crying and they're walking away, God will let you be by yourself because before he gives you a new team, he has to rework you. And he has to rework the vision within you. So you can carefully now explain it to the next team. You know what I found out? Sometimes people have had to walk away from me personally because, because not because I couldn't adequately tell them the vision of my life or what God was doing, but because they couldn't hear it right. They couldn't hear the vision right. Have you ever, have you ever like had some God gave you, you wrote it down, you gave it to people on paper, and they're just like, I just don't get it. Like, say it again. How much clearer can it be? Number one. Number two. Number three. And then God's going to do this. A, B, C, D, E. This is what he told me. If, watch this. Sometimes God will send people to you for your vision. But watch this. Because the truth is, the first thing that has to happen is division. Abraham came out with a lot. But eventually they had to divide. Because of what was on Abram. Before God multiplies you, he's always going to take you through a season of division. Somebody's going to hate what you got to say. They ain't going to feel it the way you feel it. When you tell them we're going to do things ethically and the way God said to do it, they're going to always try to do it underhand. They, are, they, are, they have a spirit of division. Why does God let that happen? To see if you'll hold on to what he said. Because I can follow what you're saying and get this thing much quicker. But if I do it God's way, it may take a little longer. Do I have five witnesses in here? It may take a little longer, but in the end, I'm going to keep it forever. Tell somebody God has an inheritance for you. Now watch. He says, watch this. Your loving kindness. Somebody say, he loves me. Although up until now, all the up until now. Say, all the up until now. I may have been barren. 
Write this down if you're taking notes. Do the people I have around me love me, although I can't produce? Do they love me when I can't produce? My wife loves, she loved me when I couldn't, when I couldn't give her what she wanted. Oh, be quiet. Brother Billy, I'll talk to you. Everybody's looking like, huh? Oh, said to me one time, babe, I want, I want a car. I want, I want a truck. I said, man, that's, that's a good dream. I'm going to do my best. No, because we didn't have no money. We were barely eating. I'm like, okay. I want a truck. Babe, I want a house. Babe. And I'm like, okay, babe. All right. I couldn't produce it for her at that time. But she didn't run off on me to get with somebody else who could. There's always somebody that can give you what you're lacking. Oh, God. There's always somebody else that could put in your hands what another person has, has a desire but doesn't have the ability to put in your hand. There's always somebody else who could do it for them. But the thing that makes relationships relationships and sturdy ones is when I can't do it for you but you stick with me. Are you willing to stay with me until I grow from one client to a thousand? See, this is this, 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 this about, see, God is teaching us through this verse loyalty. You can never expand until you become loyal. God is saying, watch, it, watch this, you're going to learn how to perfect this with other people because I'm showing you how I perfected it with you. Your loving kindness and your truth has been with me. Although right now I'm not producing anything. There's nothing coming out of me right now. But when I pray, I still feel your glory. Y'all missed it. I don't, have, I don't have nothing to give nobody. I'm barely holding a job at minimum wage. And everybody tell the natural eye, I look like a failure. But when I get in his presence, he calls me son. Hey! I'm, okay, sometimes you got to just recognize that, watch this, the best relationship to have is with God first. Because if he puts his sanction on me, it don't matter what everybody else feels about me. Call me crazy. Say I'm broke. Say I live in the, come on, say, say, say whatever you want to say about where I live. But when the road meets the road, he calls me son. Let, let, let me get about this thing because I'm, I'm, I'm in this conundrum. He said, your loving kindness and your truth. For, I just, for you have magnified your word above all your name. And, and in the original Hebrew, it, it says above all of your names. Your word is magnified above all of your names. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sikhanu. Come on, all of the names of God. He said, my word is greater than all of my names. Then he says, in the day when I cried out, he says, the, the writer, this David said, when I cried out, you answered me. I'm not producing, but you still answered me. And, and made me, watch this, everybody say, bold, bold. With, strength. with strength. Watch this. He said, you made me bold with strength in my soul. What does that mean? This is what he says. I want to produce. I'm not producing anything. But... When I got in your presence, you didn't make me feel like, like I was a non-productive person. So you had to do something in me so that I could start producing. Because I want to show you in a second, God is not going to produce it. You're going to produce it. 
some, okay, y'all are going, huh? I, I am? He says, it starts with this. You made me bold with strength. Bold with, everybody say bold with strength. He made you bold with strength in your soul, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions. He's going to make you bold with strength. He's going to give you strength, the strength of boldness. Say the strength of boldness. When, you, when you're having a hard time producing, what you need is the strength of boldness. Because when it, when it comes time to break out of, of a mold or break out of a box and start to produce something, you will, you will start producing like what you have seen. You'll be fearful to produce if all you've seen is limitation. It's very hard for a person to come out of poverty, I mean real poverty, and go from poverty straight into millionaire status. They lose it all because all they want to do is spend because they never had. But if they learn how to deal with money before they get the money, then when they get the money, although they came from poverty, something in them has been taught. So now I know how to spend. I know how to invest. I know if this is a bad investment. I know how to deal with this. I don't buy 5,000 pairs of Nike Air Force Ones and put them in my house that could burn down. I don't even have 5,000 feet. The mindset is wrong because you, what you're looking at is a poverty mentality. Although with the natural eye you see what looks like abundance. When is one person going to drive 20 cars? You understand what I'm saying? We see that as, woo, look at, the, look at that. What you're looking at is somebody who never had and is proving that they can get. I was watching, I was watching uh, uh, internet one day, and, and, and uh, uh, the rap, famous rapper girl, what's her name, Nicki Minaj, said, she came and said, I got this car, I don't even drive, it had dust, a mile of dust on it. The car, $180,000 car sitting in the garage with dust on it, because she don't drive it. My question is, why did you buy it? Y'all see what I'm saying? It's a poverty mentality. Money doesn't make you wealthy. Okay, well, I'll leave y'all alone. Money don't make you wealthy. So people think, if I get more money, I'll be great. When the truth is, the reality is, sometimes more money shows how ignorant you really are. So most people haven't learned how to have common manners before they got money. So when they get money, now everybody has to bow to them and kiss their ring. Y'all quiet. All right. Everybody say, sing, Baron. All right, so, so singing is related to birth. I'm just trying to get through this preliminary, preliminary stuff, and then we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this more on Tuesday. Say, singing is related to birth. Singing is related to birth. Luke 1, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. Luke 1, 46 to 55. And, and I'm, I'm not going to read all of it, but this is Mary finding out that she, she's going to carry Jesus. And listen to what she says. I'm going to read three verses of it. Luke 1, 46, 47, 48. Luke 1, 46, 47, 48. Listen to what she says. It's, it's New King James. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Listen now, she's finding out, I'm going I'm to have, have a baby. And look at how she responds. The, if, if you have it in your Bible, it'll say the song of Mary. The song of Mary. She's singing this. It's hard to, it's hard to understand that because we were looking at it in black and white. But she might have said, my soul. 
does magnify the Lord. I mean, you don't know what she said. That's old right? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> and my spirit. <laughs> you don't know how she said it. Has rejoiced in God, my Savior. I mean, you don't know. You know, she could have said it anyway. But she sang it. She might have rapped it. We don't know. So magnifies the Lord. No, she, you don't know what Mary's doing. But some kind of way, what we do know is that the coming birth led her to sing. So watch. Singing always comes before you give birth. According to the Bible, anytime someone sings, birth is coming. So this is why I said most people have lost so much because they've stopped praising. If you don't have a song anymore, you're not producing anything. Think about it. Anybody ever been, when I ask these questions, y'all get really like deer-like. Like. Anybody ever, I'm going to ask this very cautiously, has anybody ever been in love? Okay. Who y'all scared me? I had to ask that. I had to. I was in the inside. I was going to rabbi shanda because when I asked that, they were like crickets, crickets. <laughs> so anybody, y'all, y'all been in love, right? Okay. Now watch. Have you ever been so much in love that you started singing songs? Some of y'all really ain't been in love. You've been in lust, so you like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deal with y'all today, alright? I'm not, I'm not gonna mess it up. Okay, so if you've ever been in love to the point where you were singing, one of my favorite movies, Coming to America, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. See, I'm, I'm gonna go right back there because that, that's that's my comfort zone. Eddie Murphy starts falling in love with the girl. They kiss, and he's coming home. Someone to kiss. Someone to miss. Right? To be loved. To be loved, they're like, shut up, no, you shut up. Oh, what a feeling, right? He's, he's, he's experiencing something inside, watch this, that he can't hold in. It's the same with singing and birthing. The way you birth in the spirit is it starts with singing that can't be contained on the inside. If you don't, if you, okay, let me ask this. Anybody ever just been like walking through your house and a, and a hymn or a song hit your heart? You be like, you start singing something. You be like, ooh, I don't know. Why am I singing this at my house? You just see worshiping through your house and you just start singing something. And it gets really good to you. You be like walking through. Sing, I mean, you don't even care how you sound. Spirit break out. I mean, you sound a mess. But it's coming from somewhere in you when worship hit, now I'm going to help you with something. When you start praising God like that spontaneously, don't stop it because birthing is happening. Now watch. Anytime that I'm going to help you, I'm going to give you a good secret today. Anytime you have, you have told God you wanted something, you prayed in faith and believed God for something, and then a few days later you started singing, it's a sign that what you prayed for is being birthed. That's a sign. That's a, that, that's a signal. 
that worship is not something hit your head that came from a deep place within you. And he never said you had to go to Berkeley School of Music to sing either. He just says, the, the, watch this, the prerequisite for being a singer is you have to be barren. He never said sing those that have children. He said sing if you're limited. Oh God help me. Why is it? Somebody write this down. Singing is an action of faith. When I start singing, it's an action of faith. Isaiah says, sing by faith. Although you're limited right now, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. Although you're limited right now, sing because it won't always be like this. Just touch somebody and tell them things are shifting for us right now. Ah. If you refuse to worship and celebrate in advance, you may miss what God's doing next. God's calling for the singers. Now, look at this. You remember when Jehoshaphat and the army came up against the three uh, armies that came up against him? And, and God touches him with a prophetic word and says, tell the worshipers to get on the front line. And he says, tell them to sing. <laughs> he said, tell them to sing so that they can see the salvation of the Lord. He says, tell them to sing because if they sing, they'll see something happen against their enemies. He said, tell them to sing because when they sing, I'm going to birth a victory for them. And a lot of us have been limited, but God said, get your vocal cords ready. Get a good drink of tea with honey in it. Get your lemon ready and your ginger. He said, because there's about to, there's about to be a whole lot of singing coming from the image church. The enemy thought we was over. But God told me to tell you, he's just prepared us to sing again. Tell your neighbor, sing again. Tell them, sing again. I know it's been rough for you. I know the devil's been trying to stop your song. He's been trying to put a muzzle over your mouth. But God told me to tell you, in the midst of adversity, the this is what they said. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? But something got a hold of them. But even in a strange place, God will give you a strange song to get you out of a strange place. He'll tell you to sing. Ain't no need to worry what the night is going to bring because it'll be all over. Somebody shout in the morning. Now watch, watch. If you learn this, this method, Expansion is going to come. All right, sit down, sit down. Expansion is going to come. I literally have three minutes. Verse 2 gives us the step of expansion. So singing, somebody say, singing is the first step. Singing gives you the strength to overcome what you've been seeing as a limitation. I'm boxed into this place, but the more I sing, the more this place becomes bigger. That's how victory happens. That's why I said you control this. Because he said sing, Baron. So the, watch this. Nothing happens till I sing. But when I sing, then I start to get expansion. Now, how does expansion happen? Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. God ain't doing this. He said you in a little baby tent right now. You've been happy being in the baby tent. You got no room. Your feet sticking out on one side, arms sticking out on the other side. It's raining on your feet and your hands. 
You're crying to God because you have no more room. He says, first of all, change your attitude. Sing. Get happy. Get joyful. Get joyful that the rain's hitting your hands and your feet. He said, and then you're going to have enough strength to do something about it. So he says, now get up from where you are and enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your curtains. See what you're working with. Don't spare. Lengthen the cords. Make this place bigger. He's not talking to angels. He's speaking prophetically through Isaiah, but he's talking to the exiles or talking to us. He's saying, you do it. Somebody say, I have to do this. Don't spare. Lengthen your cords. And then he says, strengthen your states. Say this, I do the expanding. Now hear what the Lord told me to tell you. He said, every limit is breaking off of your mind, off of your family, off of your money, off of your business, off of your ideas. Some of you, I heard the Holy Ghost say this when I was walking out here, some of you have ideas and books that you need to go back and look at and read over again because some of the ideas, some of the ideas for books and businesses, some of those ideas, it's now time for it. It wasn't time before because you were ahead of time. You were ahead of time. And the enemy tried to get you to be discouraged because it wasn't the timing for it then. God said, dust it off. Because it's for somebody to say, this time and this season. Now look, just enlarge a place of your tent. Write this down. Prepare for increase. Enlarge your spirit and your mind. The tent represents the mind. Enlarge the place of your mind. In other words, prepare your heart, your heart and mind for increase. That's why we just came out of a financial series. Prepare your mind for what you're about to see. See it in your mind's eye. Go to sleep dreaming about it. Put the word with it. And speak it, speak it out of your mouth. Watch this. Everybody say, and, and, watch this. And, and then he says, somebody say, stretch. stretch. He says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch. Everybody say, stretch. Stretch. Everybody write this down if you're taking notes. Desire more. Stretch, to stretch means to desire more. You don't stretch for something you don't want. When you're stretching for something, you really want it. Okay, okay. Uh, the boys, I, I, I'll be sitting, I say, sit down. And then they say, can I play with your iPad, Dad? I say, here. I said, but don't get up from there. I play this game with them because they're not going to get it from me right then and there. So I, I, go, I go like this. And Blake goes, oh, I can't reach it. But then one day, one day I was doing this, and they got real. Blake said, Brycey! I said, yeah. He said, I can't get up. I said, what happened? He said, Daddy got me. He said, but Daddy said I can have an iPad. So he says, give me your hand. Get the iPad from Daddy. He went and sat at the edge of the bed, and he stretched. And his brother stretched. And I tried to move back. And Bryce said, you're cheating. I said, okay. They got the iPad. He followed instruction. But watch this. He expanded his thought process. A lot of us haven't received from God because God told you this is your metron. This is your area of influence. And you, what you need is in another metron or another area of influence. God says, get somebody's hand. Y'all missing it. This is good. This is good pearls. He said, get somebody else's hand that has another metron. 
another level and sphere of influence, grab hands with them and tell them, get it for me. This is how the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. I don't have to know everything about everything, but if I start the business and hire the person, I'm grabbing out and say, hey, you know how to do computer science. You can do com computer technology. You know how to do meet and greets. You know how to do that. And in every direction, tell somebody, stretch yourself. We only got a few more days to the end of the year. Stretch yourself. Stop being acute. If you want a miracle, you're going to have to be stretched. Even Jesus, because he got us the blood, he had to be stretched wide. He had to come out here. And when they stretched him wide, the blood came streaming down. What can wash? I'm not going to mess y'all. I'm not going to mess y'all. Watch. Tell somebody, stretch. I gave you an earful. All right. Next thing he says, strengthen your stakes. And we don't have time to get into the rest of this. Strength, everybody says, strengthen your stakes. What does that look like? It means it's build new relationships. Stop hanging with the same people who don't have no faith. Select very carefully the people you share your vision with. Don't share your vision with people, watch this, who just who know how to do what you want, what, 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 in, in, you know, in the place you're going, they know how to do it. Share your vision with people who have faith. Somebody who, okay, let, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm working on an album, I'm working on a record, and, and I, I need somebody that has a studio to give me studio time. There's a thousand studios around here. There's a studio across the street. I know, I know that. Scoot over there, studio over there. I know the studios, right? I have to find a place that operates in faith because if I go to a place where there's no faith, then God's not present because faith pleases God. I can't let anybody read the transcript, transcript from my new book that don't have faith because their critique will be hate. You understand what I'm saying? Anything that you're going to do when you start breaking out, you're going to have to connect with people who watches. You're going to build relationships with people who have just as much or even more faith than you. Because, watch this, get around somebody that has more faith than you. Get around them, get around them, get around somebody that has more faith than you. What it's going to do is, they're going to see a person has faith and has the gift of faith and has more faith than you is constantly, they're never going to allow you to be comfortable at the level you're at. A person who really has faith is going to ask you, why are you upset? They're going to be super hard on you. They're, gonna, they're almost going to be hard on you to the point where you're going to think, get out of my face. Leave me alone. I don't want to have nothing to do. Shut up. Stop it. No, they have faith and they're trying to build you. Watch this. Because eventually, I'm going to have to leave you and find a new assignment. And what I have, in, what I have imparted into you, you're going to not have to impart into somebody else. I hope y'all catching this. When God starts taking the limitations off you and you start expanding, you're gonna have somebody's gonna have to give you faith doses. They're gonna have to feed you faith constantly. Because you're gonna, you're gonna what, coming out of a small place into a room this size, you're gonna feel like you're swallowed up in a victory. 
God is going to have to tell you and show you this is nothing. Look at this place and show you a 14,000 square foot building. You see what I'm saying? They're going to have to always remind you you're still at a lower level of faith so be encouraged because there's more for you. This is where God could take you from. From and take you to. And watch. Watch. This is what people don't get. If a person really has faith, I got great faith. But I try to keep myself around people that have greater faith than me. So I go out to, we go, we, we go, we go out to uh, West Virginia because I go to Apostle Dave's church and I look around that church and I go, God, I watch this service. I, uh, the last time we was there with Kevin Leo, he's come up, let's come on stage. He didn't want me to come on stage necessarily to tape. He wanted me to come on stage to see. Kevin Leo said, come up after service. He said, did you see what I saw? I said, yeah. He said, you got to get comfortable seeing that. I know you're looking at 60 people. But you got to get comfortable seeing 5,000. So watch this. God has to open up favor for somebody who has the stage to let you on the stage with them so you can see what they see. To Kevin Lil, that's norm. To me, that's, oh my God. He says, no, after a while, it won't be, oh my God. After a while, it'll be norm. Then I'm going to take you to 10,000. You get what I'm saying? Don't be upset because somebody who has faith pushes you. Get out your flesh. Come on up higher in the spirit. They're trying to show you something. Watch this. Because it's already in you. It's already in you. You just can't see it. Say it's already in me. He says, expand, do all of this, do all of this. Why am I doing, I don't have time to finish it. He just said, why am I doing all of this? Verse number three ends it. For you shall expand. He says, when you do these things, you're going to break out from where you are. If I had time, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back on this on Tuesday night. Maybe we'll deal with this on Tuesday. Because I want to explain to you why he spoke to them about barrenness and birthing. He says to them, you're going to expand on the left, on the right. And he says, and your descendants, you know, they're not even here yet. They're not even here yet. God always talks in the now about what he knows is already coming. He's talking about, he said, for your descendants, they, not, they didn't even have no descendants yet. They're barren. He says, but what you're about to birth is about to inherit nations. You're going to expand to the place that what you give birth to is going to go to nations. And what you birth is going to inhabit or take over cities that have been desolate and barren also. So this is what he says. You're barren, but sing, stretch out, because if you do this, you're going to expand. And what comes out of you, what you birth, is go, watch it, it's verse number three. What you birth is going to take over nations. And what you birth is going to make cities that are desolate or not fruitful like what you were. Cities that are not fruitful 
are going to become fruitful by what came out of you. I don't think y'all see that. Cities, watch this. Why does God have you in a desolate place right now? Because what you're going to produce when you expand is going to be for desolate places. I wish I had the energy to just preach this thing. What's, why, do you, why did you have to grow up without a mother and a father and have a desolate childhood? Why did you have to grow up and your daddy and mama died early? Why did you have to grow up and be abused the way you abused? Because what's, what you're going to produce out of that, what you're going to write, how you're going to encourage, what you're going to see is going to be different than anybody else sees or writes because of your experience. But that experience is going to link to other people and places that are desolate just like you were. He says, nothing will be wasted. Say, nothing will be wasted. Just lift your hands where you are. Nothing will be wasted. Nothing will be wasted. Hear the word of the Lord. Nothing will be wasted. Nothing will be wasted. Every experience, everything you lost, everything that looked like you lost it, you looked like you got things were taken from you. Nothing will be lost because all of that is going to be used for the glory of God in your next season. Romans 8, 28. And we know... And we know that all things work together for them who love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It may have hurt me, but it's going to work for me in the end. It may have seemed like I got everything subtracted from me, but in a minute I'm going to go through addition and multiplication. I was divided for a season, but God is about to multiply my life. It seemed like I lost much that I gained, and I'm in a stifled place right now. But God is about to change the whole narrative of my life. Things are about to turn for my good, and what it seemed like a prolonged night season is about to turn into a, a miracle morning. Weeping endures for a night. Shay, but joy is coming. Joy is coming. Joy is coming. I wish you'd give God a praise for the joy. Hallelujah. I said, I wish you'd give God praise for the joy. I said, I wish you'd open your mouth and praise him for the joy. All things are working together for my good. Yes. God, I wish I had a voice. Yes. It is your time. You're not waiting to walk in it. Your feet are already in it. It is my season. Things have already shifted. God has already done it. Somebody say, now sing about it. Stand to your feet. We got to get out of here. Sing about it now. Yes. Seems, I know it seems a little, it looks crazy, but what you're now looking at is God putting things back together again. Anybody ever seen a jigsaw puzzle? Anybody ever seen the jigsaw puzzle? In the beginning, you see the whole thing, you see the picture, and uh, they have an app that you can play a jigsaw puzzle. They show you the whole thing, and then they put your button and it goes, there's pieces everywhere. 
when we see the pieces, it's, it's almost like the enemy says, this is horrible. This ain't going to work for you. How in the world? And what God says is, pick up that piece. Put it here. Pick up this piece. Put it there. And five, five, to even a hundred pieces in, Asha, it still don't look like nothing's happening. Watch this. Hear this. The bigger the picture, <laughs> the bigger the picture, the more pieces to the puzzle. The bigger, the bigger the vision, the more pieces. So, 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 listen. Oh, God. Who are pregnant with this? People left you because they only saw a quarter of the piece. People don't understand what's going on. They only see a little, a little piece of the piece. Somebody say, God has more pieces to this. And a lot of us have gotten weary because we're looking at a whole lot of pieces. It's all going to work if you could just get enough hope again to follow his voice again and pick up pieces. This relationship didn't work, but God has more for me than this relationship. Get the peace. What did you learn out the relationship? Whatever you learned, get the piece of it. Put it in the puzzle. I learned, don't ever do that again. It wasn't all, oh, Shabbat. It wasn't all a bust. It wasn't all horrible. It didn't all go backwards. What I learned was, the whole picture is going to be better than the piece.